Welcome to Catholic Money Talk, where we talk about all things money and finance, and we try to do it through a lens of being Catholic, where our ultimate goal is to one day be in heaven with the Lord. I am your host, Paul Scarfone. Thank you for being here today. So today we're going to talk about kids' college, particularly of funding our kids' college, or maybe funding your own college if you're creating a plan to go to school yourself. So I find there are so many different and varying opinions on this. So I thought, let me offer my own opinion and also tell a couple of stories of situations that I've encountered, some great, some sad. But let's first start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We ask you for all the grace and all the wisdom that we need to face the challenges or circumstances that we might find ourselves in. We know that you love us and that you have a great plan for us. Allow us to yield to your Holy Spirit. We ask all this through Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So before we get started, I want to just call out in a particular way your perspective, right? Entering this topic We all have different perspectives. Some of it might be based on our own personal experience and how we had to pay or couldn't pay or parents paid, whatever it might be for college. Some of us might be of the opinion it's the parents' responsibility to pay for their kids to go to school. Some of us might have the opinion it's my parents' responsibility to pay for me to go to school. Some of us might have the opinion that school's not worth it, college isn't worth it. There might be others of us that say, hey, you need to get the best education you can possibly get regardless of the cost, regardless of what loans you might have to take. You have to invest in you and it's going to be so well worth it by the time you graduate. There might be some of us that say, hey, whatever the cost is, we need good Catholics, good Christians in you know realms, uh, institutions of higher learning to represent our faith and to uh, to create a, a good culture there, a counterculture to whatever nonsense might be going on in that school. We have a responsibility to do whatever it takes to get into those schools. We might have the experience of, I had student loans, and I think everyone should. If, if I had to deal with them, everyone else should. We might have the perspective of, I had to pay my own way through school. I never had a student loan. I worked my butt off. Everyone should do that. Everyone should work really hard and pay their own way through school. Um, So there's all these different perspectives. So before we get started, I just want you to maybe quickly reflect and say, what is my approach? How am I entering into this topic? Because it is a very, very polarizing one. And in a particular way, the evil one likes to jump in there. Whenever there's polarizing situations, the evil one loves to jump in there because the thing he hates the most is unity. Right? The thing that the Lord loves the most is unity, right? It was be one as me and my father are one, right? Like the Lord just loves unity. And so when the evil one sees a way to kind of break into that and disrupt that, he's going to do that. So let's just think about how we're entering this conversation. This is my opinion that I'm going to offer. But for those of us, for those of you that may not have thought much about this, and just find yourself in a circumstance of, oh my goodness, I'm trying to go to college or I'm trying to pay for my kid's college and we're trying to figure this out and we wish we had more time. I'm hopefully going to give you reason to start today. 
no matter how old your kids are. Maybe you don't even have kids yet. Uh, but to start today to really think about what is our approach with Kids College going to be. And you might have a kid in school already. And you know what's beautiful is you can always change your approach. So the first thing I, I, I do want to talk about and point out is student loans. I have had several clients, several, several clients that are dealing with student loans. And some of these people are over 20 years removed from school and they're still dealing with student loans. And I just want to say, like, student loans are not a blessing from God. They are not. They're not a way that God provides for his children, right? And this is so very evident if we just look at the current picture. How many people over the past few years have been clamoring for student loan forgiveness? Why? Because they aren't a blessing. They're a curse. They're they're a way to feel trapped and enslaved to a system that we have no control over, right? Young people are unable to pursue their vocation due to student loans. They're not getting married or having kids because they feel they're not financially ready. They can't pursue a religious vocation with student loan debt. And the evil one knows this and loves. He's got to. He's got to love the situation that this has created. Now, I know some of you are getting ready to turn this off right? Because you might be hearing me speaking about this and think, well, there's no way that I would have been able to go to school, or there's no way that my kids could have been able to go to school. There's no way that I would have been able to help someone go to school if it weren't for student loans. And let me just tell you, that's simply not true. Whenever we deal with statements like there is no other way, you can be sure that it's a lie. There's always another way. It might require more work or more patience, But in the end, it is so worth the effort. Hebrews 12, verse 11, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. The discipline here is figuring a way to go to school without student loans. It's hard work, but it's only for a short time. And then it provides a future of peace and stability. It frees us up to be able to have space to respond to the Lord when he calls us. Student loans, like all loans, trap the borrower and enslaves them. It says in Proverbs 22, the borrower is slave to the lender. That is never not the case. The borrower is always slave to the lender. And this is, that's from scripture, but even my own opinion, this is true. And this is from almost 15 years in banking selling loans, commercial loans. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm talking about this now. But the bank, as the lender, has complete control over the borrowers. They can dictate terms and conditions, and they always, right? Who's ever read all the pages of a loan document? They always have ways to protect their interests, to eliminate risk, and to get out of a bad deal, okay? The borrower is slave to the lender. So if you're not convinced there are ways to go to school debt-free, You've got to hear me out. We're going to talk about the challenges we face and a few ways to overcome them. The first challenge we face when trying to send kids to school debt-free is we don't have a plan. I teach personal finance to high school seniors, and most of them do not have a plan post-high school graduation. They they just don't. And this is true with kids. It's funny. Um, I think of my, I've got six kids, the youngest, um, well, in school, uh, he's in kindergarten, I would never be able to tell him about something that's happening like three months from now. Like if I told him, hey, buddy, 
we're going to get ice cream in three months. He's going to ask me every hour, are we getting ice cream yet? Right? He can't think past this current moment, let alone three months later. He can barely think an hour later. He, you know, Time and, and waiting and patience is really, really hard. Uh, my oldest, who's a uh, junior in high school, he, he can think a little longer term, but, I mean, he's most concerned with what's going on this weekend, what's happening this week, right? He, it's hard to look f- further beyond that, right? And so it's not crazy. I'm not saying a high school senior is wrong for not having a plan, but the parents, we should definitely be involved in helping our, our kids, particularly when it's creating a plan about something that could impact us for years and years and years. If you aren't talking about a plan for college when your student is in high school, you are headed towards a tough road. And you can start earlier than that, too. But once they start visiting schools, talking to colleges, guidance counselors, financial aid offices, they're typically being sold a school that is beyond their budget, and they're just being set up for a world of hurt. So we need to talk as parents early and often and invite our high schoolers into those conversations. There's another big challenge that I see parents face. And And I would say, I think high school teachers, I see this, high school teachers... Uh, deal with this too. And that is kind of keeping up with the Joneses, right? And we'll talk about the parents first. There's an incredible amount of pressure put on parents and students about what school they're going to, right? We see the lawn signs, we see the bumper stickers, social media posts, all bragging about what school they are attending. And that puts pressure on others. And it's really just a smokescreen because we don't see the full story. I mean, our opinions would be different if if the lawn sign said, you know, home of a Notre Dame graduate with $280,000 worth of student loans, right? Or if the bumper sticker said, parent, Catholic University student with 190000 in student loan debt. Believe me, every's, everyone's attitude would change pretty quickly. And the same thing's for teachers. Like, I get it as teachers. You want to be really proud of where your students go, right? You have a, a great sense, and, and rightly so, of you've helped them get there. But we don't want to get them into some institute of higher education that we want to be able to brag about, like my students going to this school or my students going to that school, at the cost of student loans to these poor students. Again, I, I, I deal with clients that they, they have regret and some bitterness towards teachers and parents that pointed them in the wrong direction, and the student is now left with the burden of these student loans, and they're not really happy about it. So as parents and as educators in a particular way, let's kind of check ourselves and say, hey, if we're really trying to help these kids and guide these kids, like we've got to look at the full picture here, not just on that very specific slant of what we want to be able to tell our our peers or you know our friends or, or whatever the case might be. But then from a practical standpoint, one of the main challenges current students face in completing a four-year degree is the financial challenge. Young people are seeing the balance of student loans growing and growing as they go through school. They start to get very nervous and they end up bailing out of school to avoid more student loan debt. There are so many kids that are leaving school without a degree, but they still have thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of student loan debt. All right, so the biggest factor ensuring your student goes to school debt-free is to find a school that fits your budget. In fact, that's my number one item on the checklist of planning kids' college, all right? Number one, pick a school that fits the budget, and we'll talk about how to 
kind of determine a budget. But number two, pick a school where your child will have a great opportunity to plug into a good Catholic faith community. None of us want to bring up our kids in the faith only to send them to school where most kids lose their faith. Finding a school that has an active faith community is king. I mean, your child will still have to make the decision to plug into that community and and go on mission to bring Christ to other students, but it's the best we can do as parents is to find a school that has that faith community that they can plug into. Three, pick a school that offers a degree your child is interested in. As parents, we should be helping our children discern what the Lord is calling them to. And we have several clues as parents, like what their gifts and talents are. They're all different. We'll have to work with each child to encourage them in their strengths and to actually show them how to use those God-given gifts to you know, further the kingdom and, and God's glory. But it's really to fulfill their vocation and career that the Lord called them to. And lastly, I just want to say this, like, your kids don't need to go to college. You know, maybe they're interested in a trade or a particular career that requires a certification where college is not needed. Like, don't force your child to go to college if that's not where the Lord is calling them to, right? We need to put our preference or opinion to the side and really help them discern the Lord's will for their life, all right? So the first item on this list was pick a school within the budget. So how do we find a school that fits our budget? This one's fairly easy, but let's take a look at a few scenarios. Let's say you've been saving up since your child was born and you got a pile of money to send your kid to school. That's great. Divide the number by four and that's how much you have to cover their school, room and board, books, fees, whatever, each year while they pursue their degree. There, you're done, right? Had a plan for when they were born, but honestly, that's not the majority of us. Most of us, if you're like me, find ourselves in this situation. So My son is a junior in high school. Last episode, I spoke about not having saved for college. In fact, we didn't really start saving until all our consumer debt was paid off. But even with that, we're only able to put a few dollars every month towards college savings. And as I mentioned earlier, we do have six kids. So I don't know that I'll ever be able to save up enough money for all of them to go to whatever school they want to go to, right? So how do we figure out our budget for college? So last week, uh, my son and I, we sat down to look at the math. Now, my wife and I have been talking about this for years, and we've been talking to my son for years about what he wants to study and what does he want to go to school for. Uh, But whatever it is, we need to find a school that fits the budget so that he doesn't have student loans, and he doesn't want them. We've planted that seed in him very well. So the first thing we looked at is his opportunity to earn when he graduates from high school. He'll graduate next May. He'll then have June, July, and August, three months to work full-time and earn money for school. Now, I'm going to throw some numbers in here. Um, It's not really, the numbers aren't important. I'm just going to use them as an illustration. But the exercise I'm going through, this is how you should be looking at it, right? So we've got three months to work full-time. If he gets a job that pays 15 bucks an hour and works 40 uh, 40 hours a week, uh, his monthly take-home after taxes should be about 1,800 bucks, right? So I did some math there. So he can earn... 5400 over the summer. And then when he's in school, he'll be able to work at least 10 hours a week in a part-time job. So that would be September, October, November, December. That would be another $1,800. Then he's got a few weeks off between semesters. Let's say he works two full-time weeks. So that'd be another 900 bucks take home. Then we get to the spring semester, right? Go back to the 10-hour week part-time job to earn another $1,800 over the, over the semester. So For that first year, June to May, he's got a great opportunity to earn at least $10,000 take home. 
So that was in a year. We also looked at uh, different possible employers. There's several employers that reimburse 2,500 to 5,000 per year in college tuition, right? So if he can get a job at a company that reimburses, let's say 5,000 a year, that's a total of the 10 he worked plus the 5,000 he gets reimbursed from his employer. That's $15,000 a year to cover school. Now, that does not take into account any financial aid, right? Grants or scholarships, we're not doing loans. It also does not take into account any ways, any ways we might be able to support him either, right? With the, the, the few dollars we've been saving. Now, tuition, room, and board can add up to be a lot, but now we're looking at a good amount of money to help cover these items, right? 15000 for the year. And you could just multiply that, right? Times four years, that's $60,000. All of a sudden, wow, it's like we have a bit of a budget to start to work with, right? Now, they can't all go towards just tuition because there's fees and and all that. And then there's his living situation, whatever expenses life throws at him, uh, the expense of a car, driving, parking, food, books, fees, whatever uh, that might be, you know, related to the college, but that's a starting number. But let's just say he decided to go to a county college. Now I looked it up. We've been looking at these things. He's got a spreadsheet going here in New Jersey. The cost of a county college is about 6,000 for the year. Now, if he has tuition reimbursement of 5,000, Right, so he earned ten. He can most likely live at home and easily live off of four hundred bucks per month, right? hundred dollars a week. So let's do the math. He made ten thousand over the year. He pays a thousand towards school. He lives off another five thousand for the year, right? Four hundred times twelve, and he's able to save four thousand dollars for later education, right? So he's got first year of school was just paid for, and he put four grand in the bank. So he does that again year two. So. He just did a second year of education. Now he's got eight grand in the bank, right? Towards completing his degree. But now it's his third year. And if he goes to a, a state school uh, where the tuition is 14000 he again has $5,000 tuition reimbursement. So that leaves a bill of 9000 okay? But here's remember, he's also earning 10000 for the year and living off of half that. So he, you know, half of 10 is five. He lives off that. So he does have five to put towards the nine, which means he owes 4,000, right? For his third year of school. But remember, he's just, he has 8,000 in a savings account he saved up. So he uses half of that, 4,000 for that third year of school, and he still has 4,000 in savings, right? If you followed all my numbers, he now works just like we talked about working with the the full-time over the summer, part-time during the school year. He can then go to his fourth year of school, right? Basically, he takes the savings account down to zero, paying his, his tuition, and he's done. Right? You might think this seems way too simple and way too good to be true, but it isn't. We also didn't count in this scenario us helping him as parents at all. We didn't talk about that at all. We didn't take into account any savings um, we might have. We didn't take into account any financial aid or scholarships. And he could quite honestly, most likely earn more through either a higher pay rate or working more hours, especially during the summer. But the key here is his main focus needs to be graduating college debt-free and making those school decisions that is going to allow him to stay under budget, right? The, the biggest key here is having a plan. So this is our first child, and we're really working hard to try to get this correct. Yes, college, you know, comes and, and sooner than we thought, but there is something about being involved as a parent and not letting your 17 or 18-year-old be the main decision maker on these types of decisions that are going to impact their, their life for years. 
I remember a specific client who was the oldest in their family. Their parents were a great encouragement to pursue a specific career, but at the end of their school, as they started their first job, they didn't love the field. They still had over $200,000 worth of student loans that they needed to pay off from the degree. They went back to school to get a technical certificate and actually found a career they love, and they're doing great. But still years later, they're paying off the student loans from that initial degree. In one of our sessions when we were talking, they did have a bit of bitterness towards their parents, particularly as they're watching their younger siblings get steered toward county college for the first two years while avoiding student debt. They voiced to me their desire that they had wished their parents had helped guide them the way they were doing with their younger siblings. Now, what if your child's in school now? You might think, hey, Paul, this is great, but it's too late. Well, it isn't. Help your students see the challenge that student loans will be. Get a renewed focus to find ways to avoid any more student loans and help them have a plan to get after the student loans as soon as they graduate. I have a friend whose oldest is graduating from college this year. She will have about $24,000 in student loans. Mom and dad were able to cover much of the schooling, but the plan is to have her live at home for about six to nine months after graduation and have her throw the majority of her income at the loan just to get rid of it. If we have student loans, we need to take this focused approach to eliminate them or they have the tendency of hanging around forever. Now, you might also think, Paul, my kid can rack up student loans. They're pursuing a career that will allow them to earn so much money, they're going to be able to pay off the loans super quick. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. That isn't true. That's a lie being used as an excuse because your kid wants to be a doctor or attorney or something else, right? I've met with a few attorneys that racked up student loans, lots of student loans. And then when they got to graduation, they wanted to pursue something else, like one, working for a nonprofit organization. Well, that's great, but that doesn't pay a lot. They can't take the job. They first just have to get rid of the student loans. See, it becomes a hindrance, not a blessing. I've also had medical professionals as clients that are making a great income. But so much of it is going to student loans, and they just want to get started with life. They've been in school for so long, they don't want to take time to tackle the debt. They want to start a family. They want to buy a home. But then they're dealing with this debt forever. They're a doctor making good money, but they're living paycheck to paycheck. They're full of regret and wish they had pursued the degree a different way. Now, I can hear a few of you saying, oh, yeah, yeah. See, Paul, how could anyone become a doctor, go to school debt-free? Well, honestly, you can. You can work hard all of high school. Your parents can save up and plan to participate in the cost of education. And if that can't work and you feel called to a medical field, you actually you can actually join the military. They cover the cost of a medical degree, tuition, everything. And then you work as a doctor in the military for, I believe it's four years after graduation. Then you can pursue a civilian career or or practice once your four-year term of service to the military is over. There are so many different options out there. Please don't allow your child to go down the path of just signing up for student loans because you didn't take the time to create a good plan with them. And if we think back to those keys about going to school, right, pick a school that fits the budget. That's what we talked about today. But it's also important to pick a school where your child can have a great opportunity to plug into a Catholic faith community. But, but, Don't just go to a school with a good Catholic faith community to plug into at the cost of drowning your child in student loan debt, right? 
and then pick a school that offers a degree your child's interested in that's going to really um, cooperate with the gifts and talents that the Lord's given them. And, and remember, like, don't push them to go to college, right? They need to be able to learn a, uh, a skill, a marketable trade. They, they might have one just innately. They're really good at something and they can monetize that and market it, uh, you know, to create a living for themselves. But don't do any of this at the cost of strapping your kids down with tons of student loan debt. There's just, there's really no blessings in it. Now that's my opinion on it all. I'd love to field questions. There is a comments area or a, a way to shoot me a comment or question. So I'm, I'm thinking this, this topic might create some of those. We did go a little longer than we usually do, but, but this is really, really important. And it was really on my heart to talk about this as I was kind of working through some of these things with my son. This is really really important information and things that we need to plan and think about before it's too late, right? If you've got kids or people you're responsible for, getting them through school, start talking about this as early as you can. It's only going to help. So I, I hope this was helpful. It, like I said, if you have some specific questions, please reach out to me. Uh, there's a link in the, in the um, podcast description uh, to contact me. I'd love to help you and your student figure out their options. So I hope this was helpful. Thank you for joining me today. God bless. Thank you for listening to Catholic Money Talk. I hope you join us again next time. Please click subscribe in your podcast app to get notified of new episodes. God bless you and have a great day.